Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Thank you. Great. I, uh, my accent is very clearly from the north of England. And so uh, I hope that you understand me. If not, just do that. Just smile. Thanks. Great. Well, uh, yeah, so I don't know... Um, with the time we have, I'm going to do like less than a minute on our church if you're interested, okay? So our church is 15 years old. We have five campuses, one in Manchester, one in Chester, one in Sheffield, one in Cardiff, and one in Geneva in Switzerland, okay? The, the, the last three, Sheffield, Cardiff, and Geneva, we launched all three during lockdown, which was interesting, or kind of that two-year period where we were in and out of lockdown and all of that, so that was good. And um, our senior pastors are names, uh, named Glyn and Sophia Barrett, and um, some of you may know them. Pastor Glyn also leads AOG, which is the denomination that our church and this church is a part of. So we're kind of related. We're like, this is the same family, okay? So if I take my shoes off and go and look in the fridge and stuff like that, it's because I feel like I'm, I'm with family. Is that all right? Great. Um, Okay, that's, that's all you got, because the clock's already gone past 24 minutes. And um, yeah, so it's January, as you know, the 8th, the start of a brand new year. And um, this is the first time you are all together in 2023, correct? So that's cool. I think that's great that we sort of start the year together in the house of God. You know, kind of a first fruits of our calendar year is that we kind of go, right, we start the week with Sunday, and we start the year with this Sunday, and we're kind of setting the tone for the rest of the year to be in God's house. I'm going to read a scripture to you from Proverbs, it's chapter um, tw- uh, 25. I, I need focals, right? <laughs> because I can't see you guys without my glasses, but with my glasses, I can't see this. So really, I, now I can't see you, but I probably will spend most of the time doing this because I need to see what I'm saying. So Proverbs 25 verse 2 is like a key scripture for what I want to share today. And um, I, I wonder if, if you would just open your hearts to God. I mean, the worship team have already been helping us do that by kind of like bringing us into that atmosphere, that presence of God. You know, uh, in my opinion, a great worship leader, which you had three of, um, kind of doesn't just sing, but actually kind of leads. And so the times when they were talking, they're kind of like, kind of trying to bring us into a place, right? And, um, and so I wonder if you just open your heart to God on this first Sunday of 2023, that God would speak to you, not just about now, but really as, as Pastor Gowan was saying, as we look to the, the future, you know, he said we were kind of caught between looking back and looking forward. Look to the future and consider how you are approaching the year. Now, depending on how you're wired, some of you may already have goals written down, laminated on the fridge. Other people are like, what day is it? What year is it? I don't even know. I keep writing 2022, right? So wherever you are, I'm really praying that God will, will help you, speak to you even today about the year ahead and how you are approaching it, okay? So this scripture is a key scripture for, for these thoughts that I want to share. 
It's um, Proverbs 25, verse 2, and it says this. It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. Okay, so God's job is to conceal or hide and your job, because it's small k kings, it's not King Jesus, it's small k, the kings of earth, me and you, we are, it's our job to find or discover what God has hidden for us. Does that make sense? Two roles at play here. God's hiding, we are finding. Now, when I was a kid, I was a, well, I was a kid in, in like the 80s, so we had free entertainment. We didn't have no consoles. We played I Spy and Hide and Seek, right? So I, I've got two brothers, right? An older brother and a younger brother. And we would play Hide and Seek, right? That was like a classic read household game. And I was a master at Hide and Seek. And when you're a child, when you play Hide and Seek, you hide, like, and the goal is that nobody finds you. That's how you win, right? Make sense? And I, like some of you know this, some of you are like, what is this game you speak of? Where's the controller? How, what do you press X for? No, no, no. This was like no console involved. And I was brilliant at hide and seek. I had two brothers and I would do things like, I remember one time playing hide and seek and I, would, I, would, uh, I took my shoes off, right? And I put them, uh, drew the curtain across my shoes, just the toes sticking out. Come on. Are they? You're impressed with that, aren't you? And my brothers... My bro- he's going to try that. My brothers would come and they would like move the curtain and there'd just be like green mist coming up from my shoes because they stink. And my brothers would be like, oh, I thought that was you. I remember one time, now this is going to show my age again. I remember one time recording on a tape recorder. I had a battery powered tape recorder, right? That uh, you could record your, your own voice. And I remember recording my breath, like Darth Vader style. <laughs> putting the tape recorder in the airing cupboard and playing loud. So my brothers would be like, aha, I found you. And I wasn't there. Come on now. Genius. So the goal, right, when you're a child is not to be found. But when you get older and you have children, the goal is different. (laughs) Depending on how they're behaving in that given moment, you don't hide not to be found. You hide to be found especially when they're super young. So my daughter is 10, but when she was a bit younger and we would play hide and seek, I would hide like this. <laughs> like that's it. Like I'm not really hidden because she, like her discovering me was not just good for her. It was actually a great experience for me. It was like, it was like I knew where I was and I knew how much she would enjoy finding me. And so I was like, I had butterflies, right? At the thought, you know, I would hear her walking past and I would be like, she's going to find me. This is so cool. And I would leave clues and I would make, I would cough, you know, like (laughs) Willow. My daughter's called Willow. And the moment she, you know, I'm on the couch with just one cushion over my head, like my whole body. And, and she would lift up the cushion and I would be like, you found me. And she would like dive on me and we would have a little cuddle and she would love it. But I would love it because it was kind of like a shared experience, like an intimate moment between me and my daughter that I hid not from her, but I hid for her. 
right? And so when I read that verse in, in the Bible that we're, we're kind of focusing our thoughts on for these few minutes that we have, it's not that God, you know, it says that it's, it's God's privilege to conceal things. He's not hiding things from you because he's mean. He's hiding things for you because he loves you. If I was to give Reg a present, and it's an iPhone, right? And I give, I give it to Reg, and I say, you know, happy day. There you go. Reg now has a gift, and that was, it's nice for him because now he's got a phone, and it's well and truly in his top pocket. But we know that when we give someone a gift, what we do is, and I don't have any, I don't have any, take your jacket off, Karen. Oh, no, I'll use Sarah's scarf. Is that okay, Sarah? I told you I'd get everyone looking at you in this service. Okay, so, um, you know, this is, imagine this is wrapping paper. Now I say to Reg, Reg, I've got a present for you. It's here. Now you don't know what it is, but I know what it is, right? And then I give it to him. Don't open it yet. But now this experience has changed because I'm like, oh. Now, depending on what you like, I don't know if you're a shaker or a squeezer or a slow peeler or just a tear it open, but like whatever happens next now is a shared experience between me and him. These boys just went like this because they're terrors. Okay, now this is different because I'm like, and so Reg might just peel back a little bit and maybe he sees the Apple logo on the box and he's like, you've not, you've not. And I'm like, I have, I have. And he's like, is this an eBay purchase from 10 years ago or is this a brand new Apple store purchase, right? He keeps going, he keeps going. And I'm like, you're going to love it. No, no, stop, 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 stop. You are going to love this, mate. It's going to be so, I can't wait to see your face. And then eventually he opens it, he opens it, right? And there it is. It's an iPhone. Then we're kind of like, okay, happy day. Okay, now give me, give me my phone, you thief. Can you see the difference? And that's why in this country and all over the world, we can spend more on the wrapping paper. Everyone ever spent more on the paper than the actual gift, right? Because there's something, I'm going to use a word, don't get cross me. I can't think of a better one. I, there's something magical about it. Right, where you just can't, like, everything changes in that moment because you, you have hidden something for someone. Now, I want to say to you, and this message is called, and you may be thinking, wow, this is a long intro. Don't worry, this is all part of it, so I'm not going to go for hours and hours. This message is called, You Were Born for Discovery, or To Discover. You Were Born to Discover. The thing is, right, is that I believe that this verse is teaching us that we were born for discovery, created to discover. So it's God's privilege to hide or conceal, or you might want to say to help us with the illustration, it's God's conceal uh, job to wrap up. And it's our privilege to discover or to unwrap what God's got for us. The problem is life happens. And even though we were born for discovery, we live for survival. People say things like, oh, I'm a born survivor. And it's kind of like a, it's like a good thing. People are like, yeah, yeah, you know, throw anything at me. I'm born for survival. But the truth is you weren't born for survival. You were born for discovery. You became a survivor in 2022 because this happened at your job, and this happened in your marriage, and this happened with the kids, and you were going to move, and it didn't happen, or you did move, but it wasn't the house, and da 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 All of that stuff happens, and you go from being a discoverer, which is how God made you, with discovery in mind, and you end up living in survival mode, 
rather than discovery mode. And I want to put it to you today that as we look at 2023, God wants you to live how he intended you to live, which is not just surviving. And you may well have just about survived 2022. And if you did, good job. You're still here. You're still going. Awesome. But getting from minus to zero is not the goal. We're supposed to go to plus, you know? Have you, have you ever, ever been overdrawn? Don't show, not a show of hands. But you know that feeling when you're overdrawn and you get paid and you go back up to zero. It's like, oh, what, what a better feeling when you go to plus. That's something, and that's what God wants for you in 2023. You were born for discovery. So I, I want to show you quickly three signs or three kind of um, giveaways that you might have slipped into survival mode in 2022 and potentially not even realized it because you could listen to this message and say no I'm I'm all right I think I'm you know I'm I'm set up for discovery I know what I'm trying to do but let me just show you three different examples of survival mode in the Bible that maybe will help you realize oh maybe I am in survival mode in this area of my life because the reality is you can be in discovery mode in one area of your life and survival mode in the other. And we probably live with that tension, but you were born for discovery. That's what God wants for 2023. Okay, um, these are all choices, okay? Three choices. First one is that you will be inspired, not intimidated. Discovery mode is inspired Survival mode is intimidated. Those two things sound like polar opposites, but they're probably two sides of the same coin. That which comes into our life to intimidate us when you're in discovery mode can be inspirational. But when you're in survival mode can cause the most insecure reaction to what's going on. Let me give you an example of Saul and David. You know, in 1 Samuel 17, David kills Goliath, a well-known story, and every, you know, we kind of know that Sunday school classic, 1 Samuel chapter 17. But in chapter 18, after he's killed Goliath, he comes back to the city, and this exchange happens, and we see King Saul enter survival mode, and if you know the whole story of David, Saul, Jonathan, Absalom, all of that, you will know that, that Saul's life goes like this, down, 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 down to a, to a soggy end, right? And this is where it starts, I would suggest to you. So 1 Samuel 18, I think it is, verse 6 says, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the houses, uh, so sorry, from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul. So they weren't meeting um, David, they were meeting Saul. We're singing and dancing and joyful songs. And this is what they sang. They sang, Saul has slain his thousands. Now, that was probably true because Saul was like a nutcase. He was, he was a psycho. He was a, he was a warring king. He was a soldier. He, you know, he ate cigars for breakfast, drank petrol and head-butted each other. You know, like he was like that NFL kind of, come on then. Saul was a fighter. So he probably had killed thousands. And then it says, that the, the second verse of this refrain, I don't know the tune, but the second verse, the second verse was, and David is tens of thousands. No, that's not true. He hadn't kill, he'd only killed one, because he was a shepherd, right? And now, 
it was a big one. So let's say he counts for two. <laughs> Saul is still up a thousand to two. My son's here with me. His name's Parker. He's just taking the days. He'll be down in the next service. He plays, uh, plays football, right? And um, when they were younger, the score lines were like 15 free. And it was like, wow, that's a, land, that, that's, a, that's a victory. Saul is up a thousand to two. And yet somehow, Saul, the Bible says, Saul was very angry with this refrain. It, displeased him, it displeased him greatly. They've credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me, only a thousand. What more can he get but the kingdom? In other words, right, fine then. May as well just take the throne now. Here's my crown, David. I mean, you, they already think you're better than me. This insecurity and intim- intimidation came up. And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. What he should have done is taken David by the arm, stuck it in the air and gone, check out my boy David. We don't even need to send our soldiers against our enemies. We could just send the shepherds. Soldiers, take the day off. We're saying the shepherds are, our shepherds are harder than their champions. Check out my boy. Like he should have been, he should have been giving it this. But instead he was like, what, 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 what? This intimidation rose up inside him. He could have used it as an inspiration. Could have recruited for the army. Hey, you thought you weren't good enough. Are you guys looking after the sheep? Look at this guy. He just killed a giant with a stone. He doesn't even need a sword. Can you see the difference? And I think if there's something in your life, a person, a project, a predicament, whatever it is that is intimidating you, maybe it's not so much that that's the problem, it's just that you are in survival mode. And God may want to show you something inspirational in that situation. That person at work that just intimidates you, you don't, your mouth goes dry, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, all of that, right? Maybe say to, say to God, okay, Where's, how can I be inspired by this person? Instead of thinking, oh, I wish I could find out something about them that just made everyone know that they weren't quite as good as they're coming. Like, instead of doing that, let's dig for some, not dig for some dirt, dig for some treasure. Right? We're treasure hunters looking for the, it's God's job to hide, our job to find. And sometimes he's hidden it in a person or a project that's intimidating you like crazy. Anyway, we've got, oh, my time just went up. Praise the Lord. Was that on purpose? Good job. I like whoever's on production today. Praise <laughs> Jesus. Second sign, second sign or choice, two options, is opportunity or hard work. Do you see opportunity or do you see hard work? Because survival mode turns opportunities into hard work. A good example, famous example in Numbers chapter 13 is when the 12 spies went to see the promised land. Ten of them were in survival mode and two of them were in discovery mode. I'll summarize. I'll I'll, I'll read a little bit straight off the page so you know I'm not making it up. But I'll summarize. Ten of them said, oh my gosh, you should see the cities, the walls, the giants. Like this is what a nightmare. This is not going to work. Two of them said, yeah, the walls, but you should see the grapes. You should see the food. Like, we can surely do this, Caleb says. That's the sound of a discoverer. They both saw the same thing. It wasn't that they were looking in. They weren't in two parties. They went as 12, but with two different ways of thinking, right? And so 
perhaps. See, survival mode kills vision. Because surviving is the vision. You can't see past the end of the day. You're just like, God, get me through today. Let's just get to Christmas. How many people said that? Mid-December. Let's just get to Christmas. Well, now we're in January. So what's next? Let's just get to Easter. <laughs> Let's just get to the summer when we go on holiday and then everything. No, we're not supposed to live like that. We're supposed to say, you know, put it this way. Survival mode in a storm is sat in the middle of the boat hugging the mast going, get me out of this wind and rain. Discovery mode is in the same boat, in the same storm, but there stood, what's this part of the boat called? The front? The hull? Where's the hull? The bow. Martin definitely knows what he's talking about, and Reg doesn't. Reg is like, the front. <laughs> Fair enough. You stood on the bow of the same boat going, to the same wind and rain, is that all you've got? Two different ways of thinking. Same storm, same boat. Two different mentalities. They came back to Moses and Aaron, the whole Israelite community, and they reported to them, and they showed them the fruit of the land, and they gave Moses this report. We went to the land which he sent us to, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw giants there, basically, they're saying. And then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go. We should take possession of the land because we can definitely do it. But the men had gone up with them and said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread this, this, this uh, survival mentality amongst the people. This, this land we explored devours those that are living in it. All the people we saw are great of great size. We saw giants. And we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. They didn't know that. They didn't hand out surveys. Hey, enemy, we're going to come and take over your land. Just wondering. We feel like grasshoppers. What do you reckon? You reckon we're grasshoppers? You probably think we're I'll just I'll tick grasshopper. Yeah, no, no, no problem. No, they didn't do that. But something of a survival mentality changed the way that they were thinking. And, you know, Thomas Edison said, most people miss opportunity because it comes in overalls and dressed. It comes dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. And so what we need to recognize is when... Let's put it in a church context. When the pastor, oh, it was, was it Ade or Reg? Someone on, on um, Church Life, is that what it's called? Someone on Church Life said, hey, Vision Sunday, the 25th, 26th. Is that right? No, not right is what you're saying. Whenever it is, Vision Sunday, right? So everyone piles in on Vision Sunday, and Pastor Gown or whoever it is gets up the front, and they say, all right, we're going to do this. What will happen in many of us, and this is not a criticism, I'm just saying this is what survival mode does to us, and we get to choose what mode we're in. So I'm sort of giving you a, a, like a heads up before Vision Sunday, because you'll smile on the outside and go, great idea, Pastor Gowan. Inside, you're like, how much? How many nights a week extra is that? Don't you know I'm already doing da-da-da? I don't really, and because it just seems like hard work. Like, it's not a bad heart. You're not like saying, boo, down with the vision. You're kind of like going, yay. <laughs> because survival mode forces you to kind of think, how does this affect me, though? And that's not what you're born for, guys. 
you're born for discovery. Last one, and then I promise you don't have to add any more time to the clock. The last one is, is the choice between character and compromise. Two examples of this, one Old Testament, one New Testament. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 25 says this, there was a great famine in the city. I don't particularly need to give you the, too much context, just, just go with me. It says there was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. In other words, the siege forced the people in the city into survival mode, so much so that they started to look at a donkey's head and go, well, bit of ketchup. Imagine pre-siege, I'm going to Luca, hey, welcome to our city, you've just moved, fantastic, do you want to come to ours for dinner? He's like, yeah, I'd love to, yeah, come to dinner, what are we having? We're going to have a donkey's head. It's going to be beautiful. He would be like, no, thank you, <laughs> I'll go and meet someone else in the church. But six weeks into a siege where the cupboards are bare, your stomach's hurting, and I go, want to come for donkey's head? You're like, I don't know if I hold my nose and, and put a bit of salt and pepper on there. All of a sudden, what you said you would never eat or never do or never say or never go, it's kind of like, well, now I'm looking at it differently. That's the compromise I'm talking about. Peter did it, didn't he? You know when Jesus is washing the disciples' feet, right? And Peter's like, no, 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 don't wash my feet. I'm not, I'm not good enough, right? And then Jesus is like, well, if I can't wash your feet, then you can't have any part of me. Then Peter crosses his arms, starts taking his top off. All right, wash me all over. Classic Peter, going from one extreme to the other. And he says like, you know, I'm, you, you're the guy, you're the, you know, he, he, Peter's the guy who's like, he's saying it all. And then Jesus says, actually, you're going to deny me. Me? Me, I will never deny you. And he meant it. It wasn't like he knew that he probably would. He genuinely meant, I'll never deny you. Then Jesus gets arrested. Everybody scatters. And Peter is alone by the fire. And a little girl. You know when someone's lost a plot when they're swearing at children? <laughs> you know when you see a parent in a supermarket and they've crossed that line, you're like, oh, should probably deal with that at home, love. Peter, like this little girl says, oh, you know Jesus, don't you? He goes, I beep, 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 do not know Jesus. Who the beep do you think you're beeping? He's like losing the plot with a child. People are like, oh gosh, this is awkward. <laughs> then the Bible says a cock crows. Jesus turns, looks straight at Peter, and it's like, oh no, I did it. Maybe in your life, You've been intimidated. Maybe you've been thinking, I don't know if I can get through this. I'll just, sounds like hard work to me. Or maybe there's some, some compromises in 2022 where you said you would never go there. You said you'd never go back to that website. You said you'd never say that again. But somehow you've found yourself there like Peter. And I'm, I'm not trying to, like, guilt is not from God, Okay. But I think conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. So what do you do? And this is how we're going we're gonna to stand together. We're gonna, I think we're going to do the song, The uh, Worthy, that we did earlier on. Yeah, thanks, guys. You make your way up. But Peter actually helps us know what to do because the same guy in Acts chapter 2 receives 
has, has received the hope. There's a, there's a difference between Peter at the end of Luke's gospel, I think it was, where he's denying Jesus and swearing at children, and Peter standing up and preaching, and 3,000 people, because of the spiritual authority almost, and the weight of anointing behind Peter, he does that, and 3,000 people say, I don't quite know what you're talking about, but I want some of that. Same guy. So what's the difference? Two things happen between the end of Luke's gospel and Peter standing up to preach. One is the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you now, guys, the difference between survival and discovery mode for you in 2023 is the Holy Spirit. You need to cultivate a habit of being filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing every day. That deep commitment that's not related to a church program or we're all going to read this passage this month. All that stuff is good and we should do all that. Let's facilitate as much as we can so we're on the same page. But nothing replaces your personal commitment to say, Holy Ghost, I need you in my life. So that was one ingredient. And the second one, was really subtle, but it says Peter was alone by the fire in in the end of Luke. And then Peter stood with the 11 in Acts. So I think we need the Holy Spirit and we need some holy friends. Peter's alone. Everyone's scattered. I mean, he was 10 men, wasn't he, when the disciples were there? He's chopping people's ears off. He's like just going nuts. Wash me all over Jesus. Like He's got confidence like you won't believe. And then Jesus disappears, goes to heaven. Peter's like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're leaving? You just come back from the dead. Don't do this. But Jesus says, all right, just wait. Holy Spirit comes. The Bible says he stood with the 11. It doesn't say that they, they preached. It doesn't say that they, they were taking it in turns. This was not a panel. This was not a tag preach. This was Peter with his mates at his back. And you need that. And that's the great thing about the church is that we can find holy friends who can stand at your back and just somehow the combination of the Holy Spirit and holy friends means you, just little old you, can stand and speak or act or serve or give or love or whatever it is in such a way that it cannot be ignored. So come on, everyone stand to your feet. And as we sing this song, I want to challenge you to respond in your heart to what God is saying to you about 2023. Maybe you have been in survival mode, perhaps in your marriage, perhaps in your business, perhaps in your finances, perhaps in your relationship with your kids. Maybe you've been in survival mode at work. Maybe you've been in survival mode at church in your serving and and building the house. But you were born for discovery. And I'm praying now, maybe we'll sing the song if this is all right, Pastor Gowan, and then I'll pray, right? But the prayer starts now for, for all of us, that as we sing this, that God will speak to us. Come on, let's worship together. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on, or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps that's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week